0: He's good. No Cody on the podcast today. No Cody dial. Welcome back, guys. Um, Today's podcast episode. I'm, I'm going to try to put out one every Thursday now. Well, I am going to, not trying to. I have set the content strategy for the rest of summer and the year, and it's pretty hectic. I'm not going to lie. Five TikTok posts a day, four IG reels a day, one to two YouTube shorts a day, and then YouTube video and a podcast a week. Um, Yeah. Your boys got things going on. So we're going to kick off the podcast. Um, typically, we would have Patty on here, especially leading into the winter season. We're going to talk a lot more about uh, kind of events, people in the industry, what's going on, all that stuff. And then also just whatever we feel like, because it's my podcast and me and Pat can do that. But right now, um, I figured it's a good time to just... Today's topic for the podcast is how to train over the summer, how to improve your skiing in the off season. And how to take those next steps, even into the winter season, when you are in the winter season, to make sure you're progressing and learning as fast as possible. Um, that's what today's about. I'm, I'm by myself. I don't have the podcast, Mike, because it's at home in Ontario, and I've been I've been living in Quebec. I've been sampling sampling the Tinder selection around Quebec lately. I've been training MMA seven days a week. I had my first MMA fight uh, last weekend on Saturday. First round, rear naked choke for the kid. Quick little submission victory took him down ground to pound grab the neck and just yank so that was fun I think I have another fight in a month but um yeah that's that's what we're doing here with the podcast I mean for me it's a good way to kind of get my my thoughts out what's going on um and I like I like putting out podcasts I find it I like to talk if you guys haven't noticed yet I like to talk and it's a good way for me to talk and it's a good way for me to provide value for you guys so yeah with that with that being said, um, Today's episode of the podcast is about training in the off-season and training in the season in general. We'll touch all that and we'll touch all the other subjects uh, around making a career from skiing and, and stuff like that because for those of you guys who don't know, most of you guys who listen to the podcast, I think, are probably more core uh, audience members because the podcast isn't isn't anything huge yet. Um, so most of you guys already know that I coach kids online for freestyle skiing, uh, it's basically how I make my income throughout the the winter season um and sponsors, but that's how I make my, enough money to to compete to travel to different events and stuff like that and it allows me to give to give like high quality coaching um to athletes that don't normally have it. A lot of the kids that I coach are at mountains that have either a very trash park program um where where the kids are like getting coached by somebody who can barely do a three sixty themselves or there are kids that like part of the like depending on the park program I have, I have two of them, but depending on the one like um we kind of work with them every day or I work with them every day, so sometimes they get coached maybe once a day, but they are they're training their backyard rail or on the trampoline or whatever, like the other six days of the week and they need help still, or they just want help from somebody like me who who's got a really good grip on on everything and uh it's cool to be able to provide those opportunities for for kids but uh this year I launched slope academy and it's not as core so it's it's more for like a more of a community based coaching theme which is really awesome i'll tell you guys more about it later but um i have a lot a lot of questions coming in from kids and since i've been implementing using i guess using more um tutorials on on social media like before I was posting um, more cool clips and stuff like that, but I figured I wanted to switch the content strategy more to um, posting cool clips and stuff like that that I enjoy making, but also mixing it in tutorials and stuff and, and videos that provide value to help these people out that follow me because A, it helps grow my audience. This is a thing for you guys to learn too because I don't just teach skiing and stuff like that. I don't want you guys just to just learn, hey, how to do a new trick for me because there's so much about the skiing industry and, and any action sports industry. I guess it kind of, correlates with or any industry you're in sports wise um that you need to know to if you want to make a career from it because just being really good at the sport um is probably not going to get you there most people know this unless you're like the very very best which is like the top 10 in the world and even those guys like i mean you have the mark mcmorris's and the really really big names like them like the Henry carlos or andre baguette and they get paid a decent amount of money but even compared to other athletes that are at the top of their sport and like let's say soccer or something they get paid like (laughs) like absolutely pennies to that and then everybody else past that top 10 top 15 is barely making a living or breaking even with skiing or snowboarding or their sport and there's many ways to 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 make a good income and like have it as a full-time career like with doing the sport you like or whatever whether it's not skiing or it's biking or whatever you guys get it that's um outside of just being really good at the sport and a lot of people don't realize that and it's sad because i've seen a lot of I've seen a lot, a lot of my friends and a lot of my um, people I skied with and competed with that have had to give up on skiing and stuff like that because they haven't found a way to monetize it or make a career from it. So anyways, going on a rant. Um, but uh, what I was getting at there is is I, I switched the, the content strategy more to to making tutorials and stuff and providing value because a, I can add a little call to action at the end where it's like follow for more. And I've found that, uh, follow for more ski tips or follow for more, um, tutorials or something like that. And just for the kids out there, like having a call to action at the end of your video, like people will see you do a cool rail trick and they'll be like, Oh, that was sweet. And then they'll scroll on to the next video. Uh, and for me, even with like doing triples and stuff, like people will see that they'll, they'll be like, wow, that was cool. And because it's such a big trick, sometimes they'll follow, But it converts a lot better if, like, you're giving value to somebody. And you'll see a lot of people follow people that um, teach them stuff, right? Just teach them things they want to get better at. And even just doing something as doing a quick Quark 7 tutorial on trampoline, it doesn't take me long and helps a lot of kids. Like, I've got so many messages from just posting a couple of them. Um, It's actually crazy. I've been spending, like, two to three hours answering DMs a day, which is a lot. (laughs) But I, I don't mind helping out. And I mean, for me also, it, it adds more people to the coaching programs and stuff as well. But anyways, what I'm getting at with that is, yeah, it converts better. <laughs> the val- providing value and then providing a call to action is like, hey, if you want more stuff like this, uh, here's what you can do. All right, we're having an intermission in the podcast because Megan has came home and rudely turned on the shower mid-podcast. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Mags came home, crusty Mags, and... Uh, Cody and them, and they're getting ready to go to Maximize. They're going to go training today. I'm going to go link up with them in about 20, 30 minutes here, but uh, they're way too loud. They're way too noisy to record the podcast. So without further ado, now that they're gone, let's get back into it. I know I was kind of rambling for a second there, but again, best summer training techniques, best things you can do in the summer. I think everybody knows this, but I don't think people drive this home enough. Obviously, the best things you can do in the summer are like something like an airbag, Uh, backyard rail setup or a really good like facility that has a rail setup there's indoor skiing and stuff like that those are the obvious ones that you guys should do if you have access to or you have the funds to do that because they are expensive but there's tons of other ways that you can train outside of that um I learned most of my tricks just on a backyard trampoline that was like the biggest thing for me when I was when I was growing up and I didn't have a coach or I didn't have any feedback when I first started park skiing so I would look at videos on the internet just like what you guys do and a lot of people have um have came up to me and said like, hey, I learned my first Cork 7 from watching a YouTube video you made. And uh, that means a lot, means a lot to me because when I was doing it, that's how I learned. And there wasn't very many people that were doing tutorials on park skiing. And even now there is not a whole lot of people doing it on park skiing. I mean, you have Stomp tutorials and then you have um, ski and snowboard addiction, which ski and snowboard addiction are done by like Dean Berkovich and stuff. So they have good good technique, good access. Stomp tutorials is kind of very, uh, I wouldn't listen to some, I don't want to shoot anybody down here, but I wouldn't listen to the advice that they put out for a lot of the tricks just because it's teaching bad habits, especially on off-axis tricks. Um, But yeah, the biggest thing I think that every kid can do at home or every kid has access to at home is some sort of trampoline. Most people... Pretty much every person that is in freestyle skiing as a kid, and if this is something you want to do, you have access to a trampoline. Whether it's a garden trampoline, obviously it's great to have a good trampoline, but you can get a lot, lot done on a garden trampoline. And if you don't have one, a garden trampoline is just like around one in your backyard. If you don't have a garden trampoline, one of your friends probably will that you can go hang out with. Or again, I learned a lot of my tricks. I did my first doubles onto, or sorry, onto, onto a bridge, off of a bridge or a cliff, or um, some sort of diving platform. I mean, you go to your local pool, and most of them have a um, either a diving board or a diving platform. Obviously, it hurts a little more. It's like water ramping compared to airbagging. You water ramp, and you do a double cork to your face from 40 feet up. It's like belly flopping onto water. It hurts. It hurts quite a bit more, um, but when you're doing an airbag, it's a little safer. Same with trampoline. It's a little bit little bit more forgiving especially with a mat than uh than just obviously hucking it off of a high platform into water but very great ways to learn and those are the best ways that you can improve your air awareness in the summer and this when i talk about improving your air awareness in the summer i'm not meaning just hey go hop on your trampoline and do a backflip here and there or like hey go hop on your trampoline or go jump off a cliff and do a backflip here and there into water um i don't i'm also not talking about like Hopping on to your trampoline and just hocking meat and not working on any technique at all. This is something that you have to come, you have to approach it in a very different, not in a different way, but you have to approach, if you're serious about progressing in skiing, you have to approach it with a plan and with a strategy. And that might look as simple as like, today I'm going to do corks, the next day I'm going to do misties, or next day I'm just going to do upright spins with different grabs, working on all different types of grabs, bringing my knees to my chest, grabbing um mute Japan safety lead all those grabs you can do all those grabs uh, on trampoline, double japan seat belt, you can do mo mo pretty much every grab butt tail like tail grabs and stuff or nose grabs nose grabs you can just grab the your the your toes um you can pretty much do every grab on skis or on skis on a trampoline. You don't need to have uh tramp skis, I think tramp skis personally um depends on who you are but i don't think they're a huge benefit especially unless you have like a really good trampoline like a olympic trampoline or something because otherwise it's really hard to get enough height with them on it and you can work on all the grabs equally as good i think in my opinion without them um my good friend sky sklar skis uh, he put out a, a little video on how to make some cheap pool noodle tramp skis i think that's also a good idea you can use as well um but the big thing, like, for me, for instance, when I was first starting out, I would go on and I would do, like, five Misty 7s uh, one way, five Misty 7s the other way. They wouldn't be perfect, but I'd be trying to get them. Or I would do, like, Misty 5, Land, Bounce, 180. Obviously, like, you need to have somebody to teach you, like, the right progressions. That's why I've been putting out tons of tutorials on, like, TikTok and stuff and Instagram because it just gives you guys a good idea of... Uh, the right way to go through all these tricks and learn that. Cause like you can learn a Misty five, but then you have to learn the axis properly. And then you have to learn the progression, right? So you're doing the set properly and then you land your back and you're rolling over properly, take it to your feet. You do that. Right. And then it's like, Hey, how do we take this Misty seven to Misty or Misty five to Misty seven and dialing all those in. Um, so for me, back in the day, it looked like that. When I first started park skiing um, and I was doing it more by myself, I, it was more just like, I really want to learn a new trick today. And I'm going to give it five tries one way and try to get it like as good as I can. And then I'm going to try it the other way and then we we'll go back to it. Or I'm going to try a different trick and do the same thing. Now for me, for instance, the last two to three years, even though I'm doing things like dub 14s, triple corks, and stuff like that. And on trampoline, like I can do a dub 10 like in my sleep. But this is the one thing that people don't realize in, in the summer that they can do on their backyard trampoline. That helps a lot. Whether you have, whether you have Olympic tramp or not, I, I would go out. And this is what I did the last two years. I went out and I did a hundred cork seven sets each day, both directions. So you do the math, like a week, that's seven hundred cork seven sets. Like not, I'm not taking it to my feet. I'm just doing the progression. Maybe I'm doing it a little bit higher one time, a little bit lower one time, just to change it to make to make myself adapt. Um, but I'm really focusing on getting the proper takeoff, the proper set, and making sure I have the power right. And I'm just doing that over and over and over again. So I would do a hundred each day, and then I, the next day I would. Do, some days I would do that for corks, misties, and um, and like switch cork nines or something. And then the next day I would switch it up to like a different three. But I'd always almost include. I'd, I'd almost always include corks because it's like the most important one, um, and especially the one of the easiest ones and and the best ones you can work on trap for sure. But these are things that like, hey, you don't have to go high. I can be bouncing two feet off the ground to do go do this, right? Uh, and I would, put, I would put hours on those. And I would do 10 Cork 7 sets, and then I'd take one defeat. Then I'd go back, do 10 Cork 7 sets, take one defeat. And that's just kind of what it, just a, just a little like info on what it takes if you really, really want to get something dialed. They like, talk about like 10,000 hours to get something dialed. Well, that's how you're going to get your 10,000 hours. Set aside one this is this is this is it really. Set aside 1 to 2 hours a day um for a trampoline if you can. If you have access to a trampoline and let's say it's at your house, set aside 1 to 2 hours. People are like, "Oh, I have a I have a backyard garden trampoline. I can't do many tricks on it." But they are a not doing the cork 7s like with a good set. You can do it however you want, but you need to at least learn it with the proper set first. Um and they haven't even touched the right side. They're like, "Yeah, I've done everything I can do on my trampoline." And they haven't done any, any of the tricks they have to the right. They haven't really thought about doing them like a switch rodeos or anything like that. And they haven't even really started to add grabs. They're like, yeah, I've, I've maxed out my backyard trampoline and they're like doing cork seven, like barely safety. They're doing misty five, barely safety. And they're doing like a flat three. Um, and they, ha- they haven't added any grabs to any of those. Like there's like six different grabs you can add to them. And then you can make all those grabs lead too, right? So then you're adding like 12 different grabs to every single trick, you know, and then you take it to the other direction and then you start with like cork five or or, sorry, cork seven. Then you start, then you go to cork nine. And then once you have the axis, those axes dialed into the right, then you take them up a notch with all the different grabs, the 12 different grabs, right? So there's an unlimited amount of tricks you can work on trampoline. Even for me, like there's an unlimited amount of tricks I can work on a garden trampoline without doing doubles. And again, People are like, oh, I can't do work on doubles because my my garden trampoline isn't isn't bouncy enough. Yes, you can. There's progressions for that, right? Most people are like, I can't, I haven't been able to work on it because uh it's not bouncy enough. But they've never tried a three piece progression for a dub ten or anything like that, and they can't do it. And the thing is, that requires little to no balance for you to do a cork seven to your back, or uh cork seven progression to your back, and then do another bare uh side roll like you would in your dub ten and then bounce up to your feet doesn't require any height and that's going to be one of the most important things you can do to learn a dub 10 you don't need to be trying to do it right to your feet right away you don't need to be doing one and a half to your back right away you need to be doing the three pieces and that's what you can do on the backyard trampoline for switch doubles double misties double corks you can do it for even dub 14s you can do it for dub flats you can do it for every axis pretty much right and those are going to be the main things that make you feel comfortable in that axis, make you know where you are instinctually, and also help you with your spots and stuff. Um, and, and really make sure that when you do take it to snow, that it's going to come around properly and you're not going to die and land, <laughs> land on your head or something, right? Um, and that's what I did. Again, same thing with the Cork 7s. I would was going out there and I was doing like 53-piece uh, and 2-piece progressions a day for Dub 10s for a long time. And... I mean, obviously now I have them very, very dialed, but again, I still go back and do it today. I'm doing it yesterday. I did it earlier in this week. I was doing them. And like, that's me sitting down. Somebody who's got these dialed, sitting down on a trampoline and spending 30 to 40 minutes just putting miles on them, right? Putting miles on things is what's going to make you really good. And the best way you can do that in the summer is on trampoline, if you have a backyard rail you're gonna get really really good if you spend the time on it look at the people like Jackson Carstarter um Tate Garrett if you guys know him he's an absolute god I love that kid um they're real Sebastian Server, Sh- I think that's how you spell his last name um they're really really good on rails but that's because they have a backyard rail setup, and they have spent the time on that backyard rail setup. Lots of people have a backyard rail setup, and they don't spend the time. If you, obviously, it's hard. Ba- backyard rail setup is expensive. Not everybody's going to have access to it. Um, I understand that. So this is if you do have access to a backyard rail setup, spend the time on it. Make sure when you're doing it, you're again same as a trampoline. You're doing your basics. You're doing all way direct all direction spins. You're doing all that. You're doing front swaps, back swaps, um, front swap back to, and then. You're working on uh sliding the rail on that like you're not doing like when I say all eight and it's all eight swap two outs but you're doing that both directions right if you're doing all eight, it has to be both directions but you're going right for forward and left for forward on the rail equally as much you're trying things like double swaps and and really just pushing um pushing the limit of what you can do in the backyard rail but also putting miles on the basics so I, what I, what I used to do is I would, I used to, my parents used to hate this cause I had like a backyard rail, but it kind of only set up, it was set up for winter. So there's like even the tini- tiniest bit of snow, I could use it, but it would be like seven o'clock at night and we're supposed to have dinner. And I told myself I cannot go inside for dinner until I have done three K feds in a row perfectly both ways. Um, so sometimes I would get to two, it, it, sometimes it'd take me like 30 minutes, sometimes it'd take me an hour. And when I was first starting, then I then I would do it with K-Feds one night. The next night, I would do it with back-swap front-twos. And I made sure I did it both ways, too. Um, but sometimes it would take me, like, two to three hours. And, like, I just – I told myself I can't come in until I do it three times in a row perfectly. And it's a good rule to have, like, something like three to four times – or three to five times really, really good, like, where you where you're like, okay, I think I did it to the best of my abilities in a row – because that's building consistency and that's building, um, the technique. Right. And worst case, let's say it does take you two hours to get it. Sometimes like for me, I would get to two so many times. I do two K feds really, really good. And then the third one, I would like just mess up and I wouldn't get around it. Be like, I can't count that. And it sucks. Cause you're like, damn, I, I really thought I had it that time. I really want to get out of here. Or like, I really want to just like, you know, check this off. But if you stay out there, you're you're still putting miles on it. The longer you stay out there like whether you whether it takes you 4 hours to do 3 in a row, think about how many more K-fed practices you're going to get in. Tons. You're going to get tons in. And keep in mind this was like 4 years ago. I'm not still grinding K-feds. I mean, I do. Every time I go to my backyard rail, I do all eight before I start any kind of rail session. Sometimes it only takes me like like 10 hits, sometimes it takes me like 20 hits, right? Um but I'm not out there grinding, grinding K-feds, just K-feds now. Uh, but yeah, it's it's what it takes. And again, for all these tricks, a huge thing you can do is visualization. Uh, it helps a lot. One of the things I would suggest is right if you're gonna take if you're doing something like you're gonna do three perfectly, or you're really trying to focus on doing it the right way. I would say take a second, take a deep breath. Make sure you try to get into the present moment as much as you can. There's tons of ways to do this. You can look it up online, but getting in that flow state. I find, obviously, focusing on your breath uh, helps ground you, but just do a quick visualization of you doing the trick the way you want to do it, and visualizing takes a lot of time to get good at. The first time you do it, it's going to be hard to like visualize yourself doing the real trick perfectly, but I guarantee you, if you can like f- get focused, visualize you- yourself doing that trick exactly how you want to, you're going to be like 50 to 60 times more successful than if you just dropped in and just tried it like it, it really does work. And it's what I use for every, every time I compete, like it's how I went from doing, I, I was landing like 50% of contest runs to the next year I landed a run at the, the contest run I wanted to at every single event. So, I mean, I doubled my performance. I didn't miss one, one event. There wasn't one contest. I didn't, didn't not land a run at because I was very, very on top of my visualizing. Like sometimes I would visualize the contest run Like 50 times the night before, and try to get it perfectly. And then in the start gate, I'd visualize it two or three times, right? And you see the best people, like Eileen Gu and stuff, doing this at the top of the Olympic the Olympic courses. And it's not just for competing; it's for your tricks as well. Like if you are going to do a session on cork sevens on the tramp the next day, or on the airbag or whatever, take the time to spend 20 minutes to visualize it like 10 times the night before. It'll help, I promise. Um, So outside of those. There's other things you can do. You can work on your rails, like even just putting a little PVC pipe um, on the ground, maybe like three to four inches and like lifting it up a little bit. There's a blue one in some of the TikTok videos I use. Uh, the, they have, at uh, maximize, they have uh, ski addiction skis that they use to balance on it. But I find just literally using um, like a piece of wood or a PVC pipe like that and just using your shoes, just hop on it and pretend you're doing the rail tricks and stuff like that is, is very helpful. It like When you do it, you front swap. You obviously have to pretend you're dipping your heel or your, your heel side edge um, and then you switch up. But it really does help with your balance a lot and stuff like that. I think it's a good way to work on it whether you have something or not. And as kids, we all kind of just like, you know, we see a curb hop up two on and stuff like that. It's silly, and as silly as it sounds, but if you're doing that and you're visualizing at the same time, it really does help, and it will help progress your skiing. Depends on how seriously you want to take it. If you really want to be one of the best in the world, doing things like this will make a difference. And then, obviously, you guys can grip slackline. Slackline helps a lot. Um, you see people like Jackson Carr started doing it. I used to do it as well. It's, uh, it's definitely hard to balance on slackline and do switch-ups and stuff like that as well. But, again, it does help. And if you were visualizing doing a 2 on to a two on and pretending the slack line's a rail and you're visualizing that and you're when you land you're looking at what would be considered the end of the rail on the slack line and you're doing all this stuff like that it's really really going to make a difference in your in your season so those are just those are just some of the basic things like I want to touch on because every I got a lot of dms today and like about hey like how can I get better at this how can I get better at that and for me to rip it on a podcast and just kind of talk about it and also it's good for me to kind of put out the mindset stuff I think about it because a lot of people like they want to be, get really good, but they just don't understand. Like, hey, maybe I do need to sit down and do this for like a while, <laughs> and it, and and it will it will you will get better over time for sure. Um, again, things like a foam roller. I used to do switch ups on my foam roller and stuff like that. I found that helped a lot as well. And then another big thing you can do in the off season is gym stuff, right? So you can work in the gym. Um, like for most of you guys, you're younger then. Getting into the gym is like not something you're, you're super serious about yet, but it's a good just to be actively stretching and taking care of your body that way because it will help prevent injuries. And if you come into the season healthy uh, without injuries and you've built up a good base, like in terms of flexibility, and for me, it's like building a lot of muscles around my knees for knee stability and stuff like that, it's going to help avoid injuries because when you do land in awkward positions and stuff like that, your body is prepared and um, it's expecting it. I guess not, maybe not expecting it, but it's it 's prepared for it right so it 's not going to be uh, as susceptible to injuries and like I said, I said this to everybody I talked to the biggest thing that 's going to hold you back in skiing is your mindset and injuries so injuries and mindset are going to be the biggest things that hold you back. You tear your Acl you 're out for six months, that goes a year of your skiing. so keep that in mind, um, you want to push it when you 're on this on the snow and, and, and uh, in the off season. But you want to make sure you built up the right, the right muscles, the right ability to push it without getting injured. Because get injured, you're going to spend a lot of time in the off season. And then another good thing you guys can do because a lot of people aren't just interested in being good comp skiers and stuff like that. In the off season, do your research on other things. Look at how other athletes are in the industry are getting paid for doing what they're the the sport they're doing. Tons of people have different things like. You look at people like they start um, up companies like any tides and stuff like that, where they make cool pants and they're still in the industry, stuff like that. You have people like child labor who are putting out ski movies and stuff like that. um, And they definitely get paid from sponsors working with them that way. And then for people like me, I do online coaching and then I uh, do all the social media stuff and get some funding from sponsors because of the value I bring as an athlete. And just looking at what you can, if you want to make a career from skiing, there's different ways you can go. Quickly, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna quickly get into this. You have the comp route where, hey, you're the Burke Roots, Andre Wiggatley's. You're some of the best comp skiers out there. You have the 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 movie slash social media route where you are, um, where you have a big audience and you're providing content for. um, I guess this would be more like you are making content for companies and they are paying to be a part of it, or you're making your content and they're paying to be a part of it, and then you have Kind of this the other side of the social media route where you are making your own products, where like, again, you have people like Steep Steep, like he gets money from YouTube, but he also has a, a huge audience that he uses to make products for himself and stuff like that, um, that he makes money off of instead of selling other people's products or promoting other companies' products for skiing and stuff like that. There's a bunch of different ways you can go about it, but trying to figure out where you stand in that, in that scenario, you can do both. Like for me, I do contests and I'm pretty heavily on the social media side and I kind of create my own products. Right. Which is good. Obviously when you do stuff like that and you don't just focus on one, you're not going to be the best at all of them. It's very hard to be the absolute best at, at at everything. If you are spreading yourself thinner, but you also have a bigger impact, I think, which is uh, a different way of looking at it. But for, um, for skiing, there's a bunch of different ways you can provide value as an athlete um, and you can get compensated off that value or you can just build uh, build, build like some sort of uh, momentum around what you're doing um, based off the value you bring. And value can be looked at in very, very many different ways. You have value as being one of the best comp skiers. You have value in just doing big air tricks. You have value in being a ski coach at your local mountain because you influence like the same 10 to 15 kids each each week like and you tell them what what to do with tricks and stuff like that you have influence if you are just posting tiktoks like there's tons of kids on tiktok that have a decent audience that aren't great park skiers they're good they're not bad but they just make entertaining content and they have tons of value like you look at um why am i forgetting my my man's name right now it'll come back to me but he uh he makes he makes just tiktoks on the skin he's got like 90k uh and he doesn't ski park. He doesn't do any of that stuff at all. He just kind of cruises, has fun. He's riding the bench, trailers and stuff like that. But he provides tons of value for these brands. That's why they're work. he's working with companies like Arterix and, and uh, Atomic and stuff like that. So kind of figuring out where you sit into it. And then again, there's people like... Um, people that run like child labor and any tides, the value they bring is they're super creative and they're doing something different that people haven't seen in the industry before, right? So there's tons of ways you can add value. So one of the biggest things you can do over the summer is really work on, on your skills and think about ways you can add value to other people because that is how you're gonna get uh, paid at, for skiing and that's how you're gonna make a career out of it is providing value for other people. And that's, again, why, what, <laughs> that's what I'm doing here, right? Um, it's what I have been doing for the last two to three years, um, providing value in terms of like cool content that I that like, well, that is insane ski tricks, providing value in like, OK, like really good comp results and representing brands at local hills and stuff like that, providing value um, in terms of coaching and and, uh, and helping the other people learn um, as fast as they possibly can. This that's how I provide value. And for me, I'm shifting more. Um, towards, towards the content and towards towards the online uh, the coaching and, and teaching people what I know side of things obviously I'm still going to compete um, and I just did World Cups last year so I'm, it's not like I'm going to step back but um, I, for me I'm high I brought on a full time YouTube uh, YouTuber like somebody helped me film videos for the YouTube uh, channel he's coming on full time we're going to go travel around to all the mountains uh, this coming year and film as much content as possible, because I think that's how I can provide the bi- biggest value for the, my audience and for my sponsors. And eventually down the line, that turns into value creative for myself. So I see having a huge social media audience, like whether it's across YouTube um, and other stuff like, or TikTok or Instagram to be one of the most important things you can have right now because again like i said earlier in the podcast a lot of people that are like professional skiers don't make a big income off of skiing but then you have people like steve steve who's like hey he's got 120k on youtube but that guy is that guy's doing very very well for himself right so you don't necessarily need to be the best skier to uh to, to make it in a sport like this, or in any sport really, and for me, I still want to be the best. It's like part of my. It's part of what I want to do in the sport. I want to be like at the very top of the sport, and I want to obviously compete in X Games and podium and stuff like that, and, and maybe go to the Olympics. But I see having uh, an audience on YouTube of like a hundred k plus to be something that would be extremely valuable for my sponsors, for you guys, because I can create content that you know you'll enjoy, and I can also. Pr- uh, create educational content. And also it's something that aligns with what I want to do in skiing. I really like, um, creating content and I really enjoy YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a great being like a buttery films. I don't know if you guys know who buttery films is, but being like a buttery films or something like that vlog style and creating awesome content, of skiing uh, and in the skiing industry is something that I, I really like to do. And eventually down the line, when it grows to the point where like, I'm not uh, like reliant on anybody else, but my own income, which is the plan with uh, moving forward in, in, in my ski career, the content gets to go however I decide to, right? I get to create content because at some point, like people are worried about being conservative because they don't want to lose like sponsors and stuff like that. And that's totally fair. Um, but eventually I want to get to a point where I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, when I, when I put content out and I just put out things that I think are, are hilarious, funny, or things that I think are entertaining and, you know, get a show like the real behind the scenes of everything like that and make it as wild and fun and entertaining as it actually is for you guys. Um, but yeah, that's basically the podcast for today. I know I kind of rambled on. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Absolutely. I uh, love talking to you guys quickly before you go. If you guys want to join soap Academy, it's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's all in one coaching platform. I'll teach you guys absolutely everything from tramp to big air to tramp to big air, big air. What the hell? Uh tramp to jumps to uh, to rails, to sponsorships to workout programs. Everything's in there. And then there's coaching feedback, one on one, and by me and other coaches like Jackson Carstarter and other professionals in the industry. Uh, it's all in there. You can check it out. Um, I'm gonna try to set up a code. The link. The link will be in the show notes. But I'm gonna try to set up a code. Uh, For you guys to join from the podcast, the code will be podcast all caps, and uh, it should give you guys 10% off your first month uh, in Slope Academy. And there is a free trial right now, so if you guys just want to check out Slope Academy, try it out for three days. It's free, go try it out for three days, hang out with us in the Discord. Like, we got everything going on. We're doing some, uh, me and Jackson are doing some live streams coming up soon with everybody, so yeah, good stuff. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you have any ideas for podcast topics down the line or things you want me to cover, these solo podcasts are super easy for me to do by myself and I love chatting, just rambling nonstop. So uh, sauce me some ideas on Instagram, just send them to me and I will, I will make a couple podcasts based off of my favorite uh, topics and favorite concepts you guys want me to go over. Alright, peace out. See you in the next one.